horrendous. You're welcome. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Yep. Good. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> That's as, as much information as I'm willing to that to give at this this point. Um, it's much. It's more information than I needed. So. And we, we've actually planned today, so that's interesting. It's disturbing, isn't it? Uh, just so people know who are listening live and are on the podcast uh, or kind of watching this live, if you want to comment, um, make sure you click the link above so that we can see who is commenting, and then we'll be able to uh, put your beautiful faces on the screen as well. But yeah, um, shall we move straight on to what we're talking about today, Chris? We're talking about content creation. We are, yes, and uh, I am the, the person who is kicking this off. Um, now, myself and Jack have both decided that we would like to use this time within the uh, um, within the lockdown to try and develop our skills and just you know sharpen up a few things, go back over a few things we already know. And we've both been doing various bits of stuff, which is kind of um, not intentionally, but kind of circled around uh, content creation, kind of by proxy. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of stuff on SEO and search marketing and stuff like that uh, with a view of kind of relaying that information all to you. And that is kind of part of what we're doing today. Um, now, one thing that's struck me, um, which I don't think has become that obvious to me before. I feel like it's just, you know, sometimes it's one of those things that you know, but you don't in, until it's kind of said to you, you're like, oh, yeah, I do know that. But it's not. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, hopefully everyone else knows what I'm talking about as well. Um, but, you know, a lot of people I've seen say, oh, I've ranked really badly on Google or, I, I, you know, I'd like to have a higher rank or no one finds me. I don't get any organic traffic or anything like that. Um, and one of the things that I think is important to realize is that, you know, when you're trying to rank on Google, one thing, it's almost a bit like a raffle that's slightly rigged um now if you just buy like five raffle tickets then i'm making this analogy up as i go along can you tell um uh, yeah yeah the, the point is good though if you just buy five raffle tickets and there's you know there's twenty thousand people have got just only twenty thousand other tickets out there then you know you've got you know those five out of twenty thousand shots but basically my point is that the more raffle tickets you've got the more chance they are that your ticket's going to come up right yeah. Can you see okay. what? So the, the, the more content you put out, the better chance Google has of, of finding you. So if you like, this is one of the reasons that on our course on websites, I'm a very strong. What's the opposite of advocate? Um, antivert. I'm going with that. It's not a word, but antivert. I like it. Uh, that's, that's why I'm such an antivert or an advocate, or I am not an advocate, perhaps of single. <laughs> of single page websites, because what it means is that you are giving Google one opportunity, other sections are available, this to be clear, but everyone goes to Google. Um, there is one opportunity for Google to find you, right? So if you've got like a simple site where you've got your main page, you've got a wedding page, maybe you, you, your business does corporate stuff as well, you know, and maybe you've got a contact page, you know, you know and then you've only got, you've got four pages. Um, and the fewer pages you have, the less chance you're going to be found, uh, especially if those pages aren't optimized as well. So you know, this is one of the reasons that I said to Jack, I'd really like to do something on content creation today, 
because I think that you know one of the reasons that people just don't get found is because they simply don't have enough content. Um, so just as an example of this, you know, bearing in mind we are in lockdown, uh, people aren't really wedding planning. I'm not having any inquiries come in, and you know, that's the kind of idea that I'm getting from everyone else that you know it's just no, there aren't inquiries coming in. One of my blogs in the last uh, in the last month has had 86 organic hits on it, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's 86 people who've searched for something, found my page, gone on it, and then spent on average nearly five minutes on that page. Um, so that mm. is the value of. You know, did, did that turn into any inquiries or anything? No, but it doesn't matter because they've been pixeled so that I can retarget them should I wish to. It also means that I'm now someone whose name they will vaguely recognize in the future. And that's part of this process. So there's my, what's that, 18 minute rant on content creation. But, you know, the more you put out, the more chance you got of being found. So put more content out is the, is the, is the message, basically. So I think something that should be mentioned just kind of very briefly before we move on to all of this is what uh, is your definition of content? Um, anything, really. Um, any, any, anything that can be found, essentially. So this could be a blog post. It could be stuff on an independent review site. It could be uh, a YouTube video. It could be um, a podcast. It could be anything really like anything that you're putting up what's anything that can be consumed by your potential customers that's what i would say content is you know it, it could even be just pictures or a page with pictures on it you know that that, that, that is what i'd say content is any, anything that your potential clients can consume yeah that's exactly how i would just define it as something designed for consumption you know whatever that whatever that comes as that, that's why we use an all-encompassing term such as content as opposed to um anything more specific like a facebook post or anything like that because everything kind of falls into the theories that we're going to be talking about this afternoon whether it is a facebook post a blog post your website everything kind of falls under these these things we're going to be be mentioning this this evening so have you kind of covered everything you wanted to cover there chris before we move on to the different theories um I think so, yes. And uh, a, a good afternoon slash evening to Luke Clock, who is watching. So. Yes, yeah, good afternoon slash evening to you. Uh, yeah. Perfect. So we have got two theories on content creation we're going to go through this evening. They are both different. Neither of them are ours. We're going to be honest with you. They're not our uh, theories that have been created. They are things that we've learned and we've kind of put together and, and, and seen other people use. Uh, they're both equally good, and we're going to kind of compare them at the end, but we're going to run through them very quickly now so you get a chance to understand them. Go on, Chris. I'm going to go through mine really slowly. Okay, Chris is going to go through his really slowly. I'm going to go through mine really fast to make up for the fact that Chris is going to go really slowly. So it'll seem like if you watch, if you listen to them together, they come out averaging about normal. Um, so <laughs> there are two theories. I'm going to take the first theory on content creation. And it comes in four steps. We've got begin with the end. Step two is to choose the topic. Step three is to edit it for consumption. And step four is to give it some teeth, as Chris is very beautifully showing us right there by putting these gnashes together. So 
that's all very well and good, but what does it actually mean in reality? So I'm going to kind of break this down for you now. We've got to start with the uh, with the end in mind. So you want to work out what uh, the end action should be for your consumer, whatever that might be. Now, there are loads of different options for this. Uh, you've got, hi, Elliot, nice to see you. How are you doing? Um, you've got things such as making them aware of your product or service, as simple as that. So if this is brand new, completely cold traffic, someone who's never heard of you before, and you're putting this content out to them, then you're probably only going to want them to make them aware of what your brand is and what you do. That's probably the most important thing in that particular instance. So you've got to make sure you're aware that that's the end results. That's what you want them to do. You want them to be more aware and more informed about your product or service. Alternatively, if you're marketing to warm traffic, so this is people who have heard of you, maybe they've downloaded something of yours, if you have that kind of uh, business within the, the wedding industry, um, they are warm traffic, so they kind of know about you, they understand you, they trust you, then you may be wanting to generate leads at the end of this, uh, this piece of content. So you may want them to hand over their email address or to make an inquiry with you. So if you then know that that's your end goal, you can then work towards that. And then equally, it could be that you're targeting hot traffic, which are people who have inquired with you. Maybe they've made a very small purchase from you, again, depending on your, uh, your business and what exactly it is that you do within the industry, but maybe they've made a small purchase if that's possible. But if not, they've definitely made an inquiry with you and you're looking at converting that into a sale. And now you may be thinking, how does that work with content creation? But emails count as content creation. So everything should be thought of as a piece of content being created for somebody. Uh, so the emails you send out count as content creation. Obviously in those, generally you're looking to get the sale. Not necessarily in the first one. The first one could be making them more aware of your product, but then you want it to, to obviously eventually end in leads and sales and, and all that kind of stuff. So yes, Chris. I thought you said you were gonna go for it quickly. No, I'm going to slow it down because I thought I wanted to make sure it was clear. Does that explain the first point? So you want to begin with the end in mind. You want to know exactly where you what what action you want your clients or your consumers to make at the end of consuming that piece of content. It couldn't be clearer. Perfect. So that'll then move us on to step two of theory number one, and that is to choose your. Oh, I did not finish that one off. Uh, choose the topic. There you go. Let's update that work it did work there you go choose your topic looks uh, so... go on chris it looks so good i know it looks amazing doesn't it so uh you... you've got three questions you need to answer in order to determine your topic you need to say number one question number one you need to be able to answer is what does the prospect need to believe slash learn slash know before they will take your desired action Question number two, what barriers must the prospect overcome before they will take the actions? And question number three is what is the prospect researching before they take that action? That was beautifully mimed, Chris, for those of you on the podcast. I'm afraid you won't see those, but they were beautifully done. It's um, just yet another reason why you should be joining us live and your voice should be part of the conversation. Exactly. You're bang on, Chris. So should we break those questions down a little bit? Talk about them for a second? Yes. Yes. So 
what does your prospect or consumer need to believe, learn, know uh, before they will take the desired action? So once you now know what the desired action is, which is obviously the first step, whether that's... Uh, Should we do an example? Yeah, we can do an example if you like. What, what would you like the example to be? It sounds like you're thinking about it. No, I said the question without thinking about it too much. Um, so it's someone who has just recently got engaged and booked their venue and they're looking for their photographer. They know nothing about photography whatsoever um, and they want to learn about the different styles of things. So they need it's someone who needs to believe that you, uh, the photographer needs, knows the different styles and what they're doing and what they're talking about and what style they are. You. Okay, so that's the desired. I suppose that's that's. So, what is the desired outcome then? The desired outcome is that the client would recognise that the photographer, in this case, is an expert in their field and knows what they're talking about. Recognises the other styles and is you know is an expert at their particular style, whatever that might be. Documentary. Okay. Part. So what does the prospect or the, the consumer need to believe, learn and know before they can take that desired action of understanding that you are an expert? So what do they need to know? Um, what do they need to know bef before they even read that? No, what do they need to know before they fit? So what does the what does it need to contain in order for that desired action, that desired outcome to happen? I think it needs to have great content in terms of the copy writing on it so that it's, it's well written, it's easy to understand, um, and the it's broken down in a way which is easy to understand. So, And also probably pictures demonstrating the different potential styles of photography that can be used. Okay. And what barriers must the uh, consumer overcome before they will take the desired action? So in this case understanding that you are an expert what barriers might you have to what hurdles what questions might come up in their mind where they go is this person really an expert at this particular type of photography um i guess that the depending on the brand of the photography that it'd have to be someone who you know that it would all have to be well presented and slick so the, the barriers would be um ones of kind of aesthetics, I guess, something like that. Okay. Excuse me, having a little drink there. Uh, what is the consumer researching before they take the action? So what kind of stuff are they trying to find out uh, before before they decide that you are the expert? Um, photography styles, perhaps? Yeah. I think that's probably accurate based on what you're saying is that, you know, you want them to understand you are the expert in that particular field. So you mm -hmm. want that, that particular style. So you want them to know that that is the case. Uh, so they would be looking at different photography styles and hopefully when they research that particular photography style, your name will be the one that pops up. Right, perfectly, perfect. So that helps you choose the topic. Once you've determined those different things and you've answered those questions, you can then choose a topic. Uh, the next step is to edit it for consumption. So there are four critical elements and it's irrelevant how this is uh, presented, what the actual content is and where it's posted. If it's a blog, um, if it is a podcast, if it's a Facebook post, an Instagram post, 
your website in general, an email, whatever it might be. This kind of applies across the board. It will need a bit of editing slightly, but there are four crucial elements to editing this for consumption. Number one is to get a good headline. Number two is to have a good intro. Number three is to have good transitions. And number four is to have good formatting. Yes, Chris. Just a quick plug for a previous episode of the podcast. Uh, we did some training before. Don't tell me, uh, don't ask me the episode numbers. I don't remember, but we did a full training on blog headlines. Uh, so that's something that's worth looking into if that's something um, of interest to you. Carry on. I'm going to look and find out the episode number. Carry on. Okay, definitely. So uh, for the headline, you want to make sure it's clear and not cute. So you want it to be very obvious what it is that you're doing, but don't make it kind of, don't worry about it too much being too glitzy and perfect. You want it to be complete, but not wordy. So you want it to explain exactly what it is that the blog is about or the podcast is about or the Facebook post is about, whatever it might be. But you don't want it to be like 20 words or essentially a small sentence. You want it to, to be in as few words as possible, but explaining as efficiently as possible what it is that you do. Chris, where have you got the podcast number? Yes, it was uh, podcast uh, 012 or 12, as it's also known, uh, called Live Training to How to Write Wedding Blog Titles. There you go. There you uh, go. And then number four, number three, sorry, it also needs to be compelling, but not high piece. So don't make it clickbaity. Now, I'm not going to go through those in too much detail because we have got a whole podcast episode on them. So if you head over to episode number 12, you'll be able to find out more about how to write compelling headlines. Uh, but essentially, follow those three very simple rules and you'll have a, you'll be on your way to a great uh, headline. The next stage is the intro. So you want it to be short, punchy, and curiosity-based. Essentially, the whole point of an intro, and we've talked about this before, is to get people to read the next sentence. You want to generate enough intrigue and enough, enough curiosity in that first sentence or two to make people go, well, I need to read the rest of this, or I need to listen to the rest of this, or I need to you know, look at the rest of this, or whatever it might be, depending on the, the specific part of content, piece of content you're, you're putting out there. But it needs to be short, punchy, and generating some interest. Um, the next stage is the transitioning. So the transition is essentially any point where a client or a consumer could leave. This is the point where they could go. So this is kind of where a subheading might come in or a break in the podcast. So if you have like a different sections of your podcast, then perhaps that is the time when people could leave. Uh, so you want to essentially make it so that people don't want to leave. You want to make sure it's smooth and it keeps people reading or keeps people listening. So you almost want to tease what's in the next section at the end of the, the section they're currently reading. Yes, Chris. Uh, coming up. Um, my theory on content creation. Back to Jack. Yes, very much like that, but not really. Uh, someone who, people who are very, very good at this are street performers. If you've ever seen a street performer, and obviously a lot of people that listen to this are performers themselves, they'll know that street performers are the masters of getting people to stay and moving between sections by sort of keeping people to stay for the next bit. They're very good at teasing next bit whilst doing the bit they're currently doing. So if you want kind of to see how that works, my advice is to, to kind of watch a street performer in action. They are the very best at doing this job because they're, they, if they don't have people there at the end of the show, they don't make any money and then they don't have a job. So 
they're very, very good at it. That's what I'd recommend doing there. And then finally, the formatting. Now, this is more specific to blog posts, perhaps, uh, because this is how it works best. But uh, the formatting is how it's laid out and how it looks. So in terms of podcasts, perhaps that is having different sections and very clearly defined sections so that people can kind of come in and out if they don't have time to listen to a whole hour long podcast or however long your podcast is. Um, yes, Chris, have you got, you want to say something? Um, that we've got a whole course on writing blogs, just to say no. We do have a whole course on writing blogs, so I'm going to run through this. Uh, so the formatting, essentially you want to have bullet points, you want to have numbered lists, you want to have lots of line breaks and single word lines and uh, block quotes as well, if you can put those in there. So that is, as we said, we've got lots of courses, we've got lots of podcasts on all of this stuff, so I'm not going to bore you with it all now. Uh, you can go and find the right stuff in the right places, but essentially that is all you need in order to get started with making your uh, content consumable by the people. Finally, you want to give it some teeth. This is the final step of this theory, and then I'm going to hand over to Chris, and this is giving it some teeth, and Chris is beautifully doing a little tiger um, roar, I tiger? Sorry? How did you know it was tiger? Was well, I just assumed you were being topical with Tiger King being such a big thing at the moment, and I just thought that's what it was. Correct. I knew it. See, that's how I got there. Um, so everything you produce has a purpose, and obviously we talked about that before, so all the content you're releasing has to have a start with the end in mind, so you know what that purpose is, and you want to make sure you give it some teeth, and what we mean by giving it teeth is to have a relevant call to action, so giving someone the opportunity to inquire or to find out more or to get your free brochure or whatever it might be. Uh, so you want to make sure you have a very clear call to action that is specifically designed with that end that you spoke about in step one of this theory. You also want to make sure you've got your pixels. And we won't go into too much detail about this, but a pixel is essentially, you know, those things when you go onto a website and they say, uh, we're using cookies. That's essentially what a pixel is. It's a it's a cookie. Uh, it doesn't taste very good, but it is a cookie that I know. I'm sorry. So if you go on to um, Jack Wills or you go on to Starbucks, probably not Starbucks, actually, but you go. I, How about Amazon? That's the most obvious. Amazon, yeah, Amazon is the best example. So why can I not think of Amazon? Uh, so you go onto Amazon and all of a sudden you've searched for a coffee machine on Amazon and Everywhere you go on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, LinkedIn, onto blogs that you like to read, everywhere you look, there is a blooming coffee machine right in front of you. You can't get away from it. That is what a pixel does. A pixel essentially allows, attracts who's on your website, what they're looking at, and then you can target them with some advertising that is relevant to them later on. So that's why you need to start with the end in mind because there is no point sending someone who is who has inquired with you at this point there's no point sending them to a, a, a blog post that's written for someone who's never heard of you before that's just about finding out a little bit more about you that's entirely pointless because they know a lot about you they like you they trust you they want you at, your, at their wedding so there's no point using those uh, using that blog post to talk to them so that's why we talk about having the end in mind as being so important there, because if you don't have that end in mind, you'll be sending the wrong people to the wrong blog posts and to the wrong podcasts and all that kind of stuff. Have you got any questions about 
theory number one, Chris, before we hand over to you to talk about theory number two? Um, no, I think you covered that all very well. You said you were going to go through it quickly, which you failed to do. But, I know. Um, I think you were very thorough. Uh, we'll give it uh, a minute or two just to see if anyone has any questions on that. But yeah, I mean, from from my point of view, it makes a lot of sense because you know if you if you start creating content just blindly, then it, you know it is not going to it's going to tend not to work very well unless you luck out. So the fact that you start by saying, right, this is what the goal is going to be and then work backwards from that just makes an awful lot of sense, I, I think. Exactly. Um, I think that's that's the key thing, isn't it? Is it makes sense to have that there because it gives you an entire framework. Because if you know that we want people at the end of this to make an inquiry with us, then we know exactly what we need to be doing in order to get that piece of content to make people do that or to make people want to do that in the first place. So I think that's a really important thing. And then that allows you to be more specific with the content you're producing because most people will go into writing a piece of content or it, let's assume it's a blog post and won't have that end in mind and will be trying to show new people who you are and what you do. They'll also be trying to get people who have heard of them before to inquire and they might be getting people who have already inquired to start, you know, convince them to book and that's going to just it's crossing so many wires and confusing so many people that no one's going to really know what the point of this blog is and you're going to end up losing people because of it so if you can be very specific about that you're going to end up saving yourself a lot of time um, and you're going to be saving people other people your consumers and your uh, customers a lot of time as well showing yep. theory number two Yes. Have, have you got graphics for this as well? Yes. <gasps> well, I kind of like made up the bullet points as we went along, so we'll, we'll you know see how this goes. Well, okay. I've got the bullet points you gave me earlier, so well, they were they were just for me. So well, this is going to be great. Uh, okay, go bullet point number one then. I'm already there. You're already there. Wonderful stuff. I I can't see you live. This is the problem today. Um, but anyway, so yes, uh, start with pe what people are looking for. So this is this is something which I think people get very wrong. You know, I have a lot of people messaging me um, about ranking on Google and stuff like that, and they'll say, "Oh, well, I, I, if if you search for Doncaster photographer, I don't even appear until page ten. Like, what? Why don't I rank better?" Now, I'm not, we're not going to be diving deep into SEO and ranking at the moment, but the question really is that are people actually typing in Don Doncaster photographer? Like, think about how think about how you search for stuff uh, when you when you use the internet yourself. Now, what quite often happens is you'll start with a search term, which is maybe a word or two because we're lazy, and we'll look at the first four or five things that come back on google you know maybe we'll click on them because we we know in our minds we know in our minds exactly what we're looking for exactly what content is going to meet whatever need we have whether that's a purchase whether that's some information that you're trying to find whether it's something that you want to read you know there's something you've you've got an, an itch you need to scratch so you start off with a couple of words and then when that doesn't work you don't start <laughs> scrolling through pages three four five and six in general you normally go back to the search term and you'll add another word. Oh, let's make it slightly more specific and see what comes out then. And then you will see what results come up then. 
and then you'll add another word and then you'll add another word or you'll change your word. Um, what's interesting I found from the work I've done lately is that 80% of search terms fall into long tail, uh, the long tail of things. So what that means is that the, the search terms which actually work really well for businesses are ones which don't get put in very, very often at all. You know, there's a huge amount of search terms which have a hundred thousand different hits come up or whatever, and they're put in all the time, but that doesn't actually result in that many clicks, like comparatively. Whereas the long tail of it, 70% you know, of searches are long words which don't get used very often. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually the, the, because the, if you sometimes when Google Analytics is friendly, it actually lets you see the sort of things that people are actually searching for to sign your, find your page. And it can often be the longest, most random combination of words that you think, how on earth has someone decided to type that in and then find my website? But the bottom line is that they have. Um, so you've got to think about um, that exactly, really. So start with what people are, are, are you know, what they're actually searching for. You know, it's, it's different to what you might think. Um, and also, kind of like within this, is what type of information are they looking for? So when someone searches, I mean, we've said about photographers already, so let's, let's carry on with that. When someone is searching for a wedding photographer, they might be looking for photos of a wedding because they want, they're writing a blog themselves because they're a wedding supplier and they're just looking for some photos from a wedding. It may be that it's a kid doing a school project on wedding photography, or it may be a college student doing that, or it may be someone looking for a photographer for their wedding, or it may be someone who is, um, you know, has just got engaged, isn't planning any anything anytime soon, but it's just trying to find out some vague information. So you're, there's a whole range of different reasons that people could be looking for. So what you want to be thinking yourself in this kind of very first stage, which I realize as I'm going on a bit about this, but what you want to think is what are people actually searching for on the internet? Like, so it could be anything. It could be things like, like if they're actually looking to plan their wedding, it could be they're looking for wedding photographer prices. It could be they're looking to find out about the different styles, like we mentioned earlier. It could be any, any one of those things. So, Start by thinking about, you know, we mentioned the podcast last week about uh, this um, intent avatar. So thinking about different clients and what they might be lo actually looking for at any given time. Does, does that make sense? Yes. Wonderful stuff. So you can move on to our next thing. Yep. There. So the next stage is working out what stage they are at. So what stage are they at? Are they at, the, are they at the point where they are looking to make a booking? Are they kind of like these red top clients who are looking, for, looking to make a booking? Uh, or, or are they the people who are just in that very, very early research uh, stage? Now, that information can be easily garnered from what you have decided that people are looking for. So let's just say we're on this journey to create a bit of content for our website. So we're gonna, we've started with what people are actually looking for. So... Let's just say that someone is looking for, I mean, the obvious thing to go for is actually making a booking, but I want to move away from that. So um, can, can we use the same example again or can we think of something better? Yeah, yeah, go for it. 
No, I'm just wondering if it might be better to be. No, we're gonna. I'm gonna do something entirely different because I can. Okay. So we are trying to create find the best bit of content for someone who is engaged, no venue, trying to decide when, what time of year they should be getting married in, uh, and they're wondering about flowers for their wedding, based on the fact that they are not even not even at the stage to make a booking for the the venue yet are they so are they thinking about what flowers will be in season at different times of year exactly right that's 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 what that's where they're at i mean and this is the sort of thing that you should be thinking about I and mean, then I, I mean, this might sound crazy and it might sound completely different to what you've done before but if what you've done before has got you to flip end of nowhere on google then maybe it's time to change tracks so uh perhaps it's worth listening perhaps not anyway Oh, that was biting, wasn't it? Um, Go on, carry on. A little bit. So start with what they're looking for. So we started by saying that they are looking for the which flowers are going to be in season at different times of year. So what stage are they at? This is what I'm talking about. Now. The stage that they're at is they're in the research stage of things. They're not, they're not interested in making any inquiries at all. They are not interested in how much, how much you charge. They're not interested in your reviews. What they want to know is if they get married in kind of February, March, April, is that what? How do the, are the what's the flower availability and the colours going to be like compared to if they get married in May? Or maybe they're comparing April or May, or maybe they're comparing April, May, and June or whatever. But that's the different stage they're at. They're in the research stage, so there's nothing worse than trying to sell to someone who is in the research stage because they don't want to be sold to. They're trying to gather information. So in terms of uh, this bit of content we're going to create, we know that they're looking for flowers in the different times of year, and we know that they're in the research stage. They're not trying to, they're not trying to make a booking at all. Um, so now, next one, loaded up Maestro. Are we there? Yes. Wonderful. This is like clockwork today. Um, so next thing is, uh, well, it should be, uh, I'm going to check, uh, is what are they actually searching for? Now, what what are the actual exact words that they are typing into Google or into Bing or if they're really strange, Yahoo? Um, when was the last time you used Yahoo, Jack? No, isn't that the one that's really big in India? Isn't it? Is that the biggest search? One of It's either Bing or Yahoo, one of them is massive in India. Uh, so if you have got an Indian market, then obviously don't do this for Google because that's not, I know they don't use it. Um, about Ask Jeeves. <laughs> Isn't that now ask.com or something like that? I don't know. I, it's been so long. Go on, carry on. Regardless, so think about the, the exact term that someone is going to type into Google. So this might um, be wedding flowers season guide or something like that and you'd be i mean i quite often myself and i don't think i'm too different to the, uh, many other people i find myself typing long full sentences into search engines because i go i want to know what is the best thing da, 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 and i'll type in all of those words um yeah i think it, it, yeah i think generally i start typing in words and then Google will suggest a full sentence or will suggest a shortened version of the full sentence I was trying to type because Google is scarily clever like that. 
it is a little bit terrifying at times. But yes, think about exactly what they're going to type. So let's say they're going to type in um, which flowers are in season at which times, or which flowers are in season in April and May, or something like that. So think about exactly what someone is going to be typing in to find this bit of content that you're going to create for them. That So this can be incredibly, incredibly specific. So that's uh, that's that stage. Um, right. Uh, on to the next thing. Yep. Are we there? Yeah. Lovely. Um, for those listening to the podcast as opposed to watching the live recording, there's graphics coming up in the screen. That's what you're missing out on by not joining us here on the Wedding Business Tips Facebook page. So do join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Um, twang! Uh, that was awful. Go on, carry, carry, get on with it. Shut up. I'm, doing, I'm making a lot better time than you were. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. And I was supposed to, I was supposed to be doing it slowly. Um, I've so not next... spoken to anyone for twenty one days. That's no. not entirely true. I've got my girlfriend here, so yeah, and, and your sippy cup. So and my sippy cup. Carry on. Anyway, um, yeah. So then decide the type of content that should be created. So yeah, in in terms of a guide for flowers, I would say that this would probably be something pretty visual. Um, so, I mean, obviously you could write a full blog and different write, uh, writing on the different things with, with pictures and stuff like that. Uh, an infographic might be something that's pretty cool. An infographic combined with a blog. Um, yeah. you know, I think a PDF would be really good as well. Yeah. A PDF that, you know, it could be something, you know, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Think, think about the, the best type of content because what we're doing is we're slowly building up what this bit of content is going to be. We know someone's looking for a, a, a guide for flowers. We know they're only in the research stage. We know exactly what they're going to be typing into Google because we just, we've decided that. So now what bit of content, what type of content is going to fit that need absolutely perfectly? So it might be a blog post. It might be an infographic. It might be um, a, a, a video. It might be you know um, something on Pinterest. You know, it, it could be anything. It can be absolutely anything. So you decide in your head what that thing would be. So I would say uh, an infographic within a blog post. So um, an infographic with ex with explainer is what I would say would be the best contents in this example that we're making up as we go along. Um, and next up, it's quite oh, simple. Um, create the content that's best suited for their, for their search. So that means that... You know, that might sound a little bit like the last step, but in terms of the actual creation of it, you want to be optimizing that for the search term that you think that they are going to then type in. So that means that your SEO title has got that within, your meta description has got it in, um, you've got it's kind of included throughout the post without going mad on the keyword density, because as soon as you start crowbarring in wherever possible, Google starts to not like it. Um, you know, really, like, honestly, honestly, and I see this too much, it makes me feel a little bit sick. Um, is when you go on people's websites and it's clear, I mean, magicians are awful for it, and it's clear that people are just keyword spamming. Mm. So, Hello, I am your magician in Somerset. It's like, who says that? Yeah, like, and then oh. you have all of the links at the bottom that say magician in uh, in Norwich, magician in Norfolk, magician in Suffolk, magician in Ipswich, magician in Kingsley, magician in uh, all of those pop up. Yeah, oh. yeah, down at the bottom of the 
keywords. Just, yeah, I mean, uh, we're not going to get into this now, but you really, like, when you're creating content, you really, really want to be thinking about the user's experience of actually reading that content. Because when you, if you're trying to read something and it's, and keywords obviously jarred in, in there, it is so jarring to read. It just doesn't flow. And when, when it's just, it's just reading bad writing at the end of the day. So it doesn't like you've got to weigh up the advantage of that for your Google rank or whatever, um, versus the actual experience of someone coming onto the site. Cause it doesn't matter if you ranked number one on Google, if people come onto the site and go, Oh God, that's horrible to read and then click straight off again. Yeah. You know, you, you need to be thinking more about the user experience than anything else. So makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, finally, yeah, I'm intrigued by this one. I don't really know what it means. So I'm looking forward to finding out more. It's well, it's, it's just a very fancy words, which the words are optimized for ascension. Uh, for anyone who's uh, watching, sounds like it's some sort of cult thing. Yeah. So, so basically, you first you sacrifice a goat. <laughs> you, let yeah. the, you let the blood spill and cup it in that in your hands, making sure it goes into your left hand first. Um, <laughs> then rub that across your face. Yeah. Um, no. So optimize for ascension. So this is kind of going. This is almost finishing where your one started. So you know exactly what someone is looking for. You know what stage they're at. You know what they're actually searching for. You've created this bit of content. What is the next step that you want them to take? How are you going to ascend them to the next level? Now, in this particular example, I think the perfect thing to do would be to have a download our color chart for flowers um, or, or something along, the, along those lines, you know, for... You know, for me, you know, with, with people come onto my blogs, it's often sending them to another blog. You know, that, that can be ascension as well because the the more time they spend on your site, the better. And, you know, if a blog is a little bit more geared towards, like, for instance, for, for me personally, I will write a blog and maybe, like, my most popular drop, uh, blog is one about um, uh, drinks receptions. Now, part of that blog is obviously entertainment during the drinks reception, but you know, most of it isn't. Uh, but part of, as part of that, at the end of the blog and partly through the blog, it says, "Do you want to read more about having a magician at your drinks reception?" So it takes them to another blog specifically about having a magician at your wedding. So that is ascending them to something that's going to take them a bit further. Because I've tried and split tested all sorts of different downloads, and there's people that aren't interested. They don't mm. care, you know. <laughs> so in terms of what I'm saying, but you know, they like the content, they read the content, but they're not interested in downloading a PDF and giving me the email address. That's not, in my experience, just for me, that doesn't work. But for, Is that because you aren't providing them the right stuff, though? Well, I've tried so many different things. Yeah. I've tried uh, downloadable PDF guides. I've tried recommended supplier lists. I've tried um, podcast, no, sorry, not podcast, uh, audio samples of my book. I've tried free copies of my book. I've tried, you know, you you name it, 
I've tried it because I've tried I've tried following the kind of classic lead magnet formula that most business are lead magnet tripwire yada 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 that mm. most business or a lot of business go oh that's how you get clients like not for weddings it's not and then that's one of the reasons this whole thing started yeah because I realized that the Facebook ads model that said right you have a Facebook ad you send them to a page there's a lead magnet on there they give you their email address then you upsell this tripwire and then they've given you money and then you give them their then you sell them your flagship product. I was like, yeah, we perform, we, we go for up to a one day event where they either book us or they don't. They don't yeah. care about. Well, I'm, I'm going through it. As you know, I'm going through a course at the moment on paid advertising and how to, to use it effectively. And the, the woman who's hosting it said she never touches uh, what they call the demographic um, sectioning in Facebook advertising. I'm like, that's essentially where our audience lives because without that we can't target engaged people so automatically i'm kind of ignoring half of what she's got to say because half of what she's got to say isn't relevant to us because we don't uh we don't do half the stuff or don't need half the stuff that she's talking about so yeah i think that's the problem with a lot of these type of things and, and paid courses that you can buy is that they're not actually targeted to the kind of stuff that we do but anyway we are getting way off the point here Optimize for ascension. Yeah. So think about the the next the next ideal step for them. Not what not what you want them to do. You know. Not. And this is the thing with both of these these theories we're talking about. You need to step away from the content that you want to put out because these two different theories, no matter which way you attack it, ends up with you creating the content that's best for the client and best for your business. So if you go, I'd like to write a blog about this. Cool, write a blog about that, but don't expect it to do anything because you know you have not thought about it in any way, shape, or form. It's better to go through one of these things and then create the best content for the customer and for the business, uh, and have it, you know, more easily found. In particularly in the case of the theory that I'm talking about, but then think right, what's the what's the next best step for them? What what is going to be good for them? So they do they need to read more about this in particular do they need to have this you know now if you're a makeup artist and you can then point them in the direction of a oh here's my uh morning skincare routine that might be something that they're interested in is it going to get you any money not at that point is it going to build trust in you and your abilities absolutely you know it's it's that sort of thing where if you can build trust within the brand then that's an incredibly good thing to do. So, you know, think about what is the next best step and optimize it for, optimize the page so that they get pushed towards that thing at the end. Perfect. So, shall we compare the theories? Can we have a chat about both the theories? Because uh, I think, having actually gone through your, I haven't been through your theory, I didn't really know a huge amount about it. But what I think um, is really what we should be doing is combining both of them. I think you should go through your process minus perhaps the creating of the content because obviously that, so I would go through your process of, um, uh, go through processes, start with what people are looking for, work out what stage they're at, what are they actually searching for, decide the type of content, uh, create and then optimize for ascension. And then that essentially leads us into the start of my theory of uh, begin with the end in mind because that's the same that's essentially saying the same thing 
and then you can start to edit for consumption, give it some teeth, and then you're away with creating that content. That's personally yeah. what I'd be doing because I think those two work really well together if they were the other way around. So starting with Chris's theory, working through that, and then moving on to my theory and starting to put those little bits in place as well. Is that, do you agree with that? Uh, th yeah, th th there's certainly some overlap between them for sure. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I think that, I mean, particularly if, if you're looking to get more organic traffic to your website, your YouTube channel, your Pinterest or whatever, um, then, because just, just to be clear on this, um, in terms of the, the theory that I'm talking about, this could be, um, the search engine could be Pinterest, right? Of course, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be Google or anything like that. So you can... Facebook, as well, Facebook has that search option, so does Twitter, Instagram, yeah. they all have them. Yeah, but I mean, P Pinterest is particularly what I'm thinking of because you can optimize pins. Right, okay. So you can apply all of that to um, a Pinterest pin. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for more organic stuff, particularly then what I've said is very, very relevant. And I think Jax's could be a lot more potentially relevant to getting, you know, uh, paid stuff because you're starting with that, right? I want a conversion. I want people actually buying it as my goal. So that's what I'm going to start as my, what I want to happen. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to work back to that. But yeah, for sure, there is definitely ways of combining them. And there's definitely ways they they definitely overlap. There's no way that they are completely separate. Yeah, and I think that's the key thing here is that you may go, oh, I really like the idea of putting that in there. I like this. I like that. But I don't like that part of it. Or that part won't quite work for what I'm building at the moment. And then you can you know ignore that depending on what it is, the, unless it's an essential part. Um, if it's in both of them, then it's very important that you do it. But you can kind of build your own theory out around this, depending on exactly what piece of content you are creating, what its purpose is. Is it to, uh, you know, is it to be found on Google? Then you know you need to be spending more time looking at kind of Chris's side of things and then moving mine in a little bit later on. But then if you are, you know, you're looking at using this as something to send people to on the Facebook adverts, then, you know, you need to be looking at starting with the end in mind because you don't want to be, getting people to paying for people to land on your website and not knowing what to do with them because you are then throwing money down the toilet and that is pointless. That's the advantage of, of um, organic traffic is that it's free. It just costs your time and effort that you're prepared to put in to create it and put it in, put it in place. So you don't necessarily have to have that really clear call to action there because you can still uh, capture people with pixels that we've talked about in the end of my theory. And then you can essentially put my theory into practice a little bit later on. So you can capture those people and then start hitting them with different content. Because at this point, you know they're not cold traffic. If you're getting a lot of Google search, generally they're gonna be cold traffic on the whole, unless they're searching for your specific business, they're generally cold traffic. They're gonna read your blog or they're gonna read your website, they're gonna read whatever it is or whatever piece of content it is you're talking about. You'll be able to capture them with a pixel and then you'll be able to start implementing the theory that I was talking about to uh, drive some paid traffic back to your website to get people inquiring with you. I think that's, I think I nailed it. Yes. Things and words. Uh, so shall we wrap up, Chris? Shall we say goodbye to these lovely people? Because I think we've rabbited on for quite long enough. 
Well, according to me, there's a, a few people watching. So if anyone has any, if there questions, are any questions, yeah, please do get in. See if there's any, yeah, any, any questions at all. Anyone wants to ask anything? Doesn't have to be related to what we've just been talking about. But if you want anything cleared up, then that's absolutely fine. Um, should we, should we talk about what we can do for people? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about what we can do for people. So, uh, obviously, uh, we are Wedding Business Coaches. You can find out more about us at weddingbusinesscoaches.co.uk. On that website, you will find uh, our blogs, which cover a whole range of things from, you know, the coronavirus. And that's the first time that word's been mentioned on the blog today, which I'm very pleased about. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's, 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 it's good to not mention it because everyone's bored of talking about it already. But, yes, there is our thoughts on the coronavirus and the wedding industry on there. Uh, there are free business resources. These are range from daily planners to uh, running a uh, sales pitch checklist and various different things in between. Uh, you can also find details of how to book a free 15-minute consultation with us. That is a two-on-one Skype call with us chatting about your business, your your problems, your issues, your goals, uh, to, to see exactly where you're at. And then from there, we can see about how we could possibly work together in the future. Uh, anything else that needs mentioning, Jack? Absolutely not. You've nailed it. Uh, we'll be back same time next week. If you do want to join us live, it is Thursday, 6 o'clock, on our Facebook group, which is Wedding Business Tips. You can find us there. We also post lots of other interesting and fun things throughout the week. And uh, we'll be back. with. We're going to try and do a few more podcasts a bit like this with a bit more structure to it. That's the plan uh, because we've noticed that's what people tend to like. So we're just giving you what you want, really. You want more of this kind of stuff, we're going to give it to you. So we're going to put a bit more structure to them in the future. But yeah, head over to Wedding Business Tips on Facebook to join us live and ask us any questions. Alternatively, head over to weddingbusinesscoaches.co.uk and book in a coaching call. And we'll be back next week. Don't do that. Do you want to explain what I did? Uh, you just you pointed your finger and uh, did a wink. It was like a gun clicky. Gun. No, just don't do it, please. I'm definitely going to be doing more of that. Anyway, enough Goodbye. of that. I've been Chris Piercy. He's been Jackie B. Brister. And that was the Wedding Business Coaches podcast. <laughs>